0: The <laughs> edition of the official 615 podcast brought to you by our good friends at Wilson County Hyundai. Make sure you check them out online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com The best staff, the perfect people to put you in the perfect car. Again, check them out at wilsoncountyhyundai.com Greg, we're back again, brother.
1: Yeah, I want to thank everybody here at uh, obviously Omni Nashville Hotel, Music City Todd Rotermel, and the great staff at Kitchen Oats allowing us to come here and take over You know, part of it uh, right here on the corner of 4th and uh, Koreans. You, You can drive by and see us and we um, not now when you're hearing it but uh, <laughs> but anyway our our guest Nashville SC opened its third season Sunday on the road with a 1-0 win over one of the more established programs, teams, uh, sides in the, uh, I'm trying to use all the right terms with this, <laughs> uh, the, in a driving rainstorm with a one to nothing and nil win, one to nil win. And what a great way. And the lead commentator on the broadcast, Tony Husband, is here with us right now. Hello,
2: Tony. Good afternoon to you both, and uh, thank you very much for having me. I'll echo, by the way, uh, your, your sentiments about Wilson County Hyundai, because <laughs> yeah, I got a request to come down and see you guys, and I was due to go into Wilson County Hyundai to have my car service this morning, so I probably canceled that, thanks to the great people at Wilson County Hyundai, and I'll do that next week, so I can come and see you guys today.
0: That's amazing. That was not planned. <laughs> That's called serendipity, isn't it? Isn't that what that is called? Things happen that you can't explain that are wonderful? Like you. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) Uh, Again, we got all these questions for you today, but my God, the accent. I mean, you could just read off the menu, and we would stay attentive. And I'm sure we're not the only ones who say that about the accent.
2: It goes down very well, I have to say, in Nashville. I mean, everyone is so friendly here. Right. I mean, the, the Southern charm, it's true. <laughs> it's a real thing. You know, and everywhere we go, it's, it's, you know, my wife and I, my wife has a better voice than me. And, uh, you know, we go to these places, and everybody says, I love your accent. And we say, we love yours. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two-way
1: thing. <laughs> I want to talk about you, who, where, what, all, everything about you, but I don't want to bury the lead. Sunday, I watched all of that Sunday night, and then the excitement and stoppage time, and and just just everything uh, with the the goal by Gadoy from uh, just a, a wonderful pass from Mukhtar. It was what a fun night! I watched every bit of
2: it. Well, I'm glad you did. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it's so, it's so glad to hear people enjoying them, both the broadcast and watching the team. And this was just a great way to start the season. You know th- you go to the Western Conference, you know, moving over this season, and when the schedule came out, there it was, you know, womp. Seattle away. Oh, thanks very much, everyone. You know, you're sending us right away across the country, you know, four-and-a-half-hour flight uh, on on Friday over there. Um, you're playing on turf as well, which is not all soccer players' favorite surface to play on. You know, 99% of them would always want to play on grass, uh, and you're facing a team that, is just a giant in MLS, has got such great pedigree and generally wins its opening day games, particularly in recent years. And, you know, all those things are stacked against you. And not only do you frustrate them and you thwart them and you think, you know, as you're getting towards the end of that game, this is going to be a good point. This will be a good point to take back to Tennessee. And then they snatch the winner and three points. That Honestly, guys, it's just a dream start when you've got seven more of these road trips I was going to come. say, first
1: of eight road games to start the season before yeah. the new stadium opens up.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's just not an easy way to start any season. Um, you know, a season that the, your, your number one goal has got to be you want to get in the playoffs at the start of every season. And, you know, to have eight on the road to start, you know, that places you, you know, you look at it and think, right, we've got to just hang in there. Hang in there till the fairgrounds opens, and then you put your foot down. Um, So to get three points, game one, big bonus. But, you know, this team over the two years or so I've been here, you know, one thing about them is, you know, they confound the skeptics. They set that bar high. And, you know, now having won that first game, they will go to Minnesota this weekend, you know, thoroughly expecting and hoping to get three more.
0: That's amazing. You talk about the flight out there. How was the flight back?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I only remember about an hour because I was asleep. But, <laughs> but no, it was, it was, it was a good mood, but you know, it, it was, it was a long trip over there. Uh, I think we did 1700 miles in, in the air. Um, but uh, you know, a buoyant mood on the, on the bus back to, to the airport. And, uh, and then, you know, good spirits uh, on the way back. And then quickly though, you know, it went quite quiet. The lights went out. And then, uh, thankfully, I was uh, awoken by somebody saying, you know, we're about to descend into Nashville. <laughs> you, one of the coolest things about it, actually, was uh, I'm, I'm at the back of the plane there. And I'm, I look out the windows we're descending into Nashville. And I look down, and there's this this kind of little square of gold down on the ground. And then <laughs> Kelly Glendening, our sideline reporter, just taps me from the seat behind on the shoulder and says, that's the new stadium. Wow. We flew right in over the new stadium. And... You know, that just again, yeah, exciting things and uh you know, it was worth being up at three in the morning landing just to see that view from the from Fantastic. fifteen thousand feet or whatever it was at that point. And Tony, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll
0: just driving by on the interstate over there and see the top of the structure of the stadium coming in. It's something to see. If you've not been out that way, even on four forty drive by, to see the top coming in and the stadium and how beautiful it's gonna be. I've seen the renderings, you've probably seen it more than I have. Uh, that's gonna be a special place.
2: Yes. And do you know what? I, I mean, I love my kind of history. I love I love marking things. I think it's one of the things as a commentator, you always, I always feel like, you know, I'm commentating for the here and now and for the people watching at home right now. But I also hope that, you know, I'm just putting down a little bit of historical significance for the future, 10, 20, 30, 50 years. People will look back and say, this is what was happening at that time. Um, And the stadium's been great to be part of because, you know, you're watching history unfold. I was there to see the very first piece of steel go in the ground at the stadium in January 2021. uh, And to see it go up so quickly and to being able to go in and see it as it develops, you know, it is moving very, very fast. It looks fantastic up there. It's a really great soccer venue. I mean, Nissan, I love being at Nissan. Don't get me wrong. Fantastic venue. Uh, You know, it's going to probably evolve a bit in the years to come. But, you know, it was a great place and a great temporary home for for home matches for Nashville SC. But to have your own stadium, and this is a super soccer stadium, that really heralds a kind of second liftoff, I feel, for everyone.
1: Are you surprised at the support that's – I saw what just had a big crew that, you know, flew out there of of Nashville SC fans – that the diversity of this market – but it's also going to be contingent on growing new fans. I, re- I recall when the Nashville Predators came here, 97, 98, and it was almost, uh, it was always called this non-traditional market, everything. However, there is a base for it here. Our, our demographics certainly lend it to that. Uh, it is also one, I think, that lends uh, to a younger crowd as well. And you look at all the people who are moving here from all over the place, they seek this. And just what it can, and and quite frankly, it's not like an all afternoon sucker when you go to the NFL or whatever. Uh, I mean, it's a two hour game, but have you been surprised by just how much support there is in our community already? And I guess winning has a little bit to do with that.
2: I would say more just pleasantly pleased than necessarily surprised because, you know, everything I could see, you know, when I first started looking at it was that there was a kind of core uh, soccer fan base in Nashville, although admittedly, you know, it's, it's probably was a, a rather niche group of people that, you know, right at the very start, but it's grown well. And, you know, they progressed through the the years, at, you know, playing in the USL level uh, and that fan base, that core, I think they themselves have done a great job at, at, at doing their work and expanding out into the community. You talk about the demographics as well. And that I think is that is where soccer's future lies in North America, full stop. I was actually just, I'm a bit nerdy about television news and ratings and all that. And this morning, I was looking at weekend sports national television ratings. And, you know, you, you have obviously the NBA and things and the audiences are big, but everything goes off a cliff after the NFL finishes. And that was really the headline. You know, there's nothing comparable to football when it comes to television sports audiences. But then I was looking at, you know, what did they get uh, for the, you know, the, the Major League Soccer Fox national broadcast this weekend? About 435,000 people watched Portland, New England. Now that's lower than obviously some of the other sports, hockey, PGA Tour, golf, things like that. But I looked at the 18 to 49 demographic and that is, that is where soccer will be getting encouragement because that audience, that is the one that's growing. That's the higher one. They were actually, if I was reading these ratings correctly, There were more people in that 18 to 49 demographic than were watching the PGA Tour golf, although the overall golf audience, and I'm a big golf fan, by the way, uh, was obviously a bigger audience. But so the long-winded way of saying that is that, you know, yes, in the market with the changing demography of the the country, you know, the the Hispanic population we have now in in middle Tennessee and the fans that come out and, and watch the games, you know, that all is positive for the future and for the fan base growing and for the game growing. And by the way, I've done that whole answer and I haven't even mentioned 2026 World Cup, which will be, you know, another huge moment for this country.
0: I, I'm And for, for, for this city, possibly. How, oh, yeah. Hopefully. Yes. We hope, yeah. I'm known for asking uh, awful questions. So here's one for you off of the popularity. How much does Ted Lasso play into this because I got people now talking about Ted Lasso and soccer who were adamant and love football, American football more than anything else. They love Ted Lasso and now they popped on the soccer.
2: Yeah. I mean, look, Ted Lasso, I, I think has just done huge things for the game of soccer in his country in so many ways, isn't he? I mean, uh, and a phenomenon really. Uh-huh. Um, and again, of our age, you know, a show on a streaming platform, um, and as many people over in the UK, you know, when they, they know I'm over here now, they say to me, Oh, what do they think of Ted Lasso? You know? And <laughs> so, you know, it's incredible and it just brings more attention to the game, you know, cause it's a strange one, you know, it's the world's game, but it isn't the world's game here, right. but this is the only place where it isn't the world's game. So, you know, it, but it's good fun to be part of something where, you know, maybe you're not the biggest sport yet, but you're growing and. And you're becoming a part of something, you know, building something from a slightly lower base, whereas everywhere else, it's kind of soccer first, everything else goes in in, in line behind.
0: Yeah, you know, what's great about Ted Lasso is that watching that, you kind of see from that perspective, uh, the affinity and the passion that you guys have in England for the sport. And you're thinking, how does this translate? And how does it work? But you see the passion you guys have, and it all kind of translates to our fandom for our... Sports teams for our universities, and it's at the end of the day tony it's about loving your sport and being passionate about what you love
2: oh absolutely absolutely T- yeah, I totally agree with that and I find the college stuff you know since coming over here that I've found that you know really interesting because I was a big fan of the NFL back in the u k and you know in large part you know growing up watching North American sports you know was a big reason for wanting to come over here and have a spell in you know in my, in my life and career working in a in a completely different market um and getting into college, particularly obviously being in in the south and seeing what it means to people, that is actually that is as close to what you have in terms of the tribal kind of soccer backgrounds that you have in the UK. So instead of our colleges, you know, we support our towns, you know, our teams. So yeah, I'm from Plymouth in the UK. We're a Division Three team. We've never been in the Premier League, but I support them because that's my hometown. Now. The distinction I would draw over here is, you know, it, you're a Tennessee person, so you're going to follow Tennessee, University of Tennessee, you know, all your life, football, you know, the football program, the basketball program, whatever. Um, so the, it's it's a different way of following your sports, but ultimately that's that's the passion I've seen that we have in soccer that you have over here, particularly in the football market, obviously. Tony
1: Husband, lead commentator uh, for the Nashville SC television um, broadcast two years two playoffs now with the opening here making it to the what conference semifinals last year way way ahead of schedule i mean name i was reading quotes was it from the the charlotte who was it their their expansion team said we have nowhere near this kind of roster and where does does it? Because you you're looking at a Walker And I, I mean, I can start naming off the players uh, on national teams elsewhere. Certainly, Hani Mukhtar should have been the MVP. Sure. He wasn't even an All Star. Don't get me going. But the uh, but, look at you. But uh, oh, I'm, I've become a fan. I, I he's do. Dying, I isn't no, it, yeah. hey? Oh, that that, <laughs> they, that stoppage time. I was up on the seat the other night and listening to to, to Tony. But it, it it starts. We would be remiss with somebody like a John Ingram the owner who has no soccer background right he has billionaire background but in what he's done and you, with John you know from him to Ian Eyre to Jamie Watson to Mike Jacobs uh, certainly Gary Smith it seems like this leadership is just so far ahead of the curve and the team is as well just three years into this.
2: Yeah. I'll tell you what, Greg, to, to put me in the, in among that group of people, yeah. that's, <laughs> Jamie and I, that's great. You yeah. Know, but, but no, I mean, you name some people there who, you know, done some, some fantastic things and yeah, to run through, I mean, for, for John Ingram, you know, when I've had the opportunity to, to talk to John before, you know, this has been, this is about just some kind of, you know, sports project that he wanted to do. It was about, It's look, is, is this going to benefit Nashville? Will this be good for Nashville uh, and and for this city and for this area that, you know, is obviously, you know, so, so beloved of him. Um, so, you know, he's been a fantastic, uh, you know, person to get things going in this market. And, you know, and then he's entrusted people to do the job, you know, to recruit, you know, he's recruited with the likes of, um, you know, Mike Jacobs, Gary Smith, you know, and he's trusted his his the right people to get on and and do the job. And, you know, one thing that's really interesting after the the weekend was that, you know, the game in Seattle on Sunday night, nine of that starting 11 in Seattle, they played, they started the first game here two years ago against Atlanta. Now, normally you would think two years on with everything that changes in soccer and there's a lot of player movement and things, you would normally expect that, you know, half that roster might have changed or half of that starting 11 might have changed two years on, but it's a measure of how well they built the original roster that they've got nine of those guys on the field in Seattle and going and winning on the road two years on that. That's a remarkable thing.
0: Have you, uh, are you stunned by the, the sudden, uh, the winning and everything that's going on like that? Because like Greg was talking about, if you look at expansion teams, you know, in the sports, like the NFL, even the Predators are here, it takes years to get that winning kind of tradition going in here. Well, last year, the they
1: deal. just kneeled their way all the way through, right? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, no most nils, this yeah, the most the yeah. most nils in, in the well, league, right? Draws, yeah, I mean eight, Draws, 18, I mean draws, excuse yeah. me. Yes. A-
2: 18 ties. Now, yeah. you know, and look, I come from a land where we play cricket for five days and we call it a draw at the end. So <laughs> it's never been a problem with me. But, but you know, um, they proved it had a difficult schedule. I mean, there hasn't been a normal year yet. You know, year one. You're a new team, that's tough from the get-go. Then you have everything that happened with the pandemic and then you come back, you know, not normal circumstances. Well, let me tell you, in the very first home game, Yeah. what, 58,000? Yeah, with, with, you yeah. Know, and, and uh, in a, the last game of the normal world almost, wasn't it? They played one yeah. more match after that in Portland and then everything changes, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and that in itself, you know, how tough is that? You're bringing a new product to the market, you get everybody engaged, you get the largest crowd ever to watch a soccer match in in the state of Tennessee to turn up and watch a you know a good game on that first night uh, 2 years ago and then everything shut down for months and when you restart by the way oh n- but nobody can actually come and watch the games you know i mean so adversity has been something this club has had to learn to overcome and uh, yeah in a sense i am a bit surprised at how well they've done because you know you're not always supposed to you know, it, it's expansion, You're like you say with the Preds, you know, it's tough. And they've done remarkably, remarkably well. And, you know, we talked about Mike Jacobs building the roster, Gary Smith coaching that group. Wow, what a job. What a great job he's done. You know, this is a guy who, you know, he'd had a long spell out of MLS, even though he'd won the league in 2010 with Colorado. Uh, he had some people to kind of to prove to in some ways to say, look, you know, I've been here all along, and now I'm back in this league. I'm going to show what I can do, and, you know, wow, is he showing it.
0: I love the fact that uh, – by the way, this is all brought to you by good friends at Wilson County Hyundai. Check them out online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Payne Bone and his staff, there do doing an amazing job of getting you into the perfect car. All you have to do is go visit them or check them out online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Uh, the coach, uh, when I was in TV one time, I said during a soundbite that I love his voice, he sounds like a James Bond villain. And I got an email <laughs> from somebody who said that was not nice. And I thought about it for a second, I'm like, oh, it was kind of funny, like, whatever. But I, I love the fact that these different, you know, your voice is different, his voice is different, all come together for this team that's now Nashville's team. I think it's a beautiful thing.
2: Yeah. Well, then, and, and I mean, Gary, uh, yeah, I, I like that analogy of the James Bond villain. I mean, exactly. he's, he's turned to out to be more James Bond, although with a slightly more rougher edge to the voice. <laughs> you know, um, not the head tall head. guy with the teeth, right? The
1: not jaws. that guy, jaws. jaws, not jaws. No, 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 yeah.
2: no. but I mean, you know, I I love spending time in Gary's company talking soccer because obviously we, you know, we come from from England. Uh, we've both come across a lot of the same characters in the game over the years. So you know, and Steve Guppy as well, his assistant. You know, again. Um, an Englishman who comes from you know the southern part of England where you know we still have our uh, a house and spend some time still there now you know and you know it's amazing it's just that thing of it's a small world isn't it you know and you find yourself chatting away about soccer and enjoying we we love talking about the things that you know that we love about america and then the things that we miss about england you know trying to get a good cup of tea uh or you know <laughs> or english bacon or you know, <laughs> sausages to go up your english fry up in the morning you know it's great it's all good fun and and they've done a super job here
0: is the time i know that london's five six hours ahead over there does that still at some point you get past that don't you i mean is that like right now it should be because your body clock your entire life is six hours ahead and now you're six yeah. hours behind
2: yeah and it's funny though it works quite well i find for uh, being able to follow soccer on a kind of global scale because the weekends now you know you wake up saturday morning and you've got all your european soccer on through the morning and then the decks are cleared for the afternoon whether you're working on on our soccer here or indeed, if you are just you know leisure time, or, or watching other sports. So I, I actually find um, being on that kind of, in this central time zone is actually it's quite useful, and you can you know you can pretty well stay in touch um, you know with the other side of the world as well. And it was actually quite funny. We arrived so back late from Seattle, so we landed at 3 a.m. turned my phone on, and there's my dad back in England, and he's WhatsApping me. He's just got up. And he's seen the result, and he's there going, oh, great win. You know I, mean? <laughs> I just landed. I haven't been to bed yet. I'll, I'll <laughs> ring you about it tomorrow. Tomorrow? Later today. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah.
1: Tony Husband is our guest. He's the lead commentator for the television broadcast for Nashville SC. You said you're from Plymouth. Tell me about Tony the kid, Tony the growing up, Tony at home, family. All. Yeah. We're, we're, tell us about yourself.
2: Well, I was born into um, uh, a journalist Family. My grandfather uh, was, I suppose, the the kind of reason why I got into sports journalism in many ways because he was fortunate enough to work for a, a national newspaper in the UK. He went to every World Cup soccer from 1958 to 1986. Wow. He did the. He was also the boxing correspondent, so he did all Muhammad Ali's great fights. Wow! Saw him win the title, and he bowed out and retired. His last um, world heavyweight title fight was in Vegas, where he saw a certain Mike Tyson. Um, beat Bone Crusher Smith. So he saw just the pre-Ali era all the way through Frazier, Foreman, Sphinx, wow. Hagler, Hearns, all those great fights, um, Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, all that era. And then he bowed out as Tyson came on the scene. So, And he did the Olympics, he did everything. So, you know, if you're growing up with somebody in your family who has got that much, he's coming back with these programs, you know, and, and memorabilia from all these events, and you're a little child growing up as a sports fan, you know, you've just got an instant hero there. And once I realized I wasn't going to be good enough player, um, you know, whether it was (laughs) soccer or cricket, which is, I was actually played more cricket than any other sport. Um, But the next best thing is going to be to try and get into a career and a life working in it. Uh, So, you know, that was the big inspiration. But, um, uh, you know, it it was, my parents were both journalists as well, though. So, you know. Brothers, sisters? uh, Yeah, brother, my brother in the media as well. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and still, you know, he's, he's one of these who uh he edits he does all the the mastery with the pictures mm-hmm. so i do the talking i can't do anything technical you know useless of <laughs> that only last night i'm there sending him a wee transfer thing saying look this is the game it's on some stick um <laughs> you know c- c- can you put this on a fold, folder for me to keep you know so he does all that side of things yeah oh uh, um, the
0: wee transfer that gets back to the broadcasting days yes. for all that uh growing up you know the, the british you guys sense of humor is next level and you know we've in america have stolen some great things from you guys throughout the years the office homeland other things are going like that yeah. is it funny when I mean, you watch the american version of things that you grew up with is it different for you obviously
2: yeah yeah a little bit i mean i need to see the us version of the office actually i must i must do that as we it's were talking 18 we? hours
0: a day so. yeah <laughs> we,
2: i mean one of the great the other way around i suppose is uh you know the series that you can just never see enough episodes it's always on his friends isn't it and yes. it's such a hit in the uk and watch so much of that. Uh, and I'm thinking about, I mean, I, I'm going to age myself slightly, though, when I talk about some of the series. I remember growing up watching, you know, the American series that, that came over to us. You know, I can remember Knight Rider and The A-Team. Yeah. Um, you know, and back in the days when we only had three or four channels. And, of course, Dallas and Dynasty and all those <laughs> things that were on, you know, back in the day. Um, but, uh, you know, but they all helped actually sell that kind of, you know, you. you in an era then when, you know, it wasn't just such a quick thing, you know, to travel across the states and things, you know, it, it was a faraway land. And, and for people like me, it was, wow, that's incredible. You know, what the size of everything, everything's so big, you know, fantastic. You know, you go to awesome. call, excuse
1: me, go to college. I'm, I'm staying with him for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> He's not getting off the hook that easily. Tell me your progression of your career from education and, and, and I know your 20-year stint with the BBC.
2: Yes. Well, I, I went to I went to college or university, you know, um, in a place called Bournemouth in, um, in the UK, the home of the pretty decent soccer side now. Of course. Uh, and that was a journalism school that was just kind of emerging in an era when suddenly there was this switch where, uh, you know, you didn't go in and intern at the, the newspaper and get your job that way. You suddenly, you went to university and studied journalism and you do your degree and you come out with your degree. So I had... Three years of fantastic socialising, and then got a degree. And then, uh, uh, three weeks before the end of my degree, we were having a kind of uh, practice news day kind of thing, and uh, an outside assessor came in to watch us, you know, broadcast our fake radio station for the day and read the news and things. And they had a Channel Four, which is a, uh, one of the main networks in the UK. They had a news crew with them. Uh, and they'd come down to kind of look at these journalism courses and say, you know, really are these kind of is this real education? You know, shouldn't they be off doing Latin at Cambridge or something? And if you can't do that, <laughs> then you know, you, you know, why don't you just get out there and get a job? So there, they said, oh, we'd love um, we'd love one of your students to interview our reporter. And uh, in a split second, I thought to myself, well, I don't really want to do that, but maybe I should. So I put my hand up, and the outside assessor who was in watching went up to the course leader at the end of the day and just said, oh, who was the guy who actually volunteered to do the interview? You know, he did a a right job. And he went, oh, yeah, it's Tony. Yeah, you know, he's very keen, you know, and all that. And the assessor comes up to me at the end of the day and just says, um, uh, you know, there might be a little bit of kind of possibility, a bit of work locally at the BBC. You know, maybe would you be interested? And at that point, I was three weeks away from going back to stack freezers um at my my old job in, you know my student job um uh, you know at a, at a grocery store so I was like yeah I think that's preferable to stacking freezers if I can get away with it um and then I went up to him at the very end of the day and said okay you said maybe there was a chance to go to the BBC do some work and he went well actually I've set you up to speak to this person he's the editor of BBC in the south um it's nine thirty next Wednesday can you make that uh and I was kind of uh Yeah. Okay. So I I get on a train, go to, go to uh, this office in Southampton the next week and I'm sitting there and the guy goes, right, well, we can offer you a contract. Wow. And I'm sitting there going, you know, trying not to stunned face kind of thing. Um, I get three months to kind of prove myself. They give me another three months. And I was fortunate because in that era, you know, broadcasting organizations like the BBC, you know, if you made an impression, if you did a good job, they were in a position to say, right, we're going to hire you. You know, you got a job. So... I made enough of an impression for them to hire me. I thought, you know, maybe I'll be there, you know, a couple of years, who knows where the world will take me, whatever. I ended up staying within the organization for for 20 years. Um, And the lucky thing is it's so big, you can do, you know, five different jobs. So uh, it was was amazing. You know, it, it shows, I always say to people that, you know, take opportunity when yes, it comes along yes. and it's not necessarily anything you it could just be an instinctive thing you do just grab a chance if it comes along
0: your autobiography and I'm being totally serious about this should be titled I Raised My Hand
2: that's a great one
0: and Greg and I yeah. have talked about this for a long time I mean Greg got his start in radio because he hung around this radio station as a you, intern he tell the him thrill. I love the story um they hired me so I would go away. <laughs> <laughs> I love that.
1: That's uh, yeah, crazy. And they said, of us go away. Yeah, they <laughs> hired me and they said you can. You only need to be here twenty hours a week, okay? <laughs> and, and outside of that, leave. And <laughs> yeah. so that's, that's a great story. You know,
0: and that's yeah. the thing: people take an initiative. Had you not raised your hand, Tony. You'd be stuck in freezers. I'd be stuck in freezers.
2: Yeah. <laughs> putting the—I always remember putting the Yorkshire puddings in the you know, <laughs> <laughs> freezer. Yeah. All right. I, I'm going to complete the uh, the. Tell me
1: how you met your wife and oh, about well, her. I'm going to yeah. Hear, yeah. Well, my my wife. As a name, say, I would say. Yeah, said. yeah.
2: Helen my wife. Um, Hello. You know, and uh she's you know absolutely been been wonderful. You know, when when I went home on New Year's Day 2020, um having First heard about this possibility of maybe coming over to Nashville. You know, I sat down with with her. We were having a glass of wine on the sofa in this little Hampshire village in which we live in, and I said, "Would you ever fancy moving to Nashville?" And you know, <laughs> it was the most left field kind of thing I'd probably ever said to her. And and she actually just said, "Oh, if if it's you know if you think it could be good, yeah, you know, let's go for it." So fantastic support. And um, she's also got a broadcasting background. You can in fact you can hear her. Um, on the airways of Nashville Public Library every week because they have a talking radio service uh, which broadcasts for those who've uh, either visually impaired or blind. And uh, they do books and uh, the Tennessean newspaper, they read live every week on a Tuesday. 9 till 11 she's on. Um, And the funny thing was that when we came over to to Nashville, uh, obviously soccer was shut down. Now, my wife can only volunteer in Nashville right now because we're here on visas. Um, and, uh, so she, she got involved with the library and explained that her, she had a broadcasting background as well. And, uh, she got on the airways in Nashville way, way before I ever, did. <laughs> you know, she, she was there two hours every Tuesday morning and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, she's been, uh, just, just, you know, well, she's my wife isn't she, so I'm always going to say the best things and it's has yep. been fantastic support. And, yeah. Know, this is being recorded. <laughs> it is being recorded. <laughs> It is being recorded. But, you know, you need a special woman who, you know, you uproot your life, make such a big move, and also to stick with it, to be fair, because we were supposed to fly in March 2020. Everything got shut down. We didn't know, you know, no one knew what was coming next. Um, And, you know, that does require a leap of faith, you know, on both our parts to say, look, do we follow through with this or are we just going to have to pull the plug because this is just bad timing? And we both said, no, let's keep going. And we kept going, and uh, you know, and that's it. That's the second. That's the second chapter of the autobiography. <laughs> <old documentary. laughs> I put my hand up, and then we kept going. That's fantastic. That's
0: simply fantastic. I talk about positivity and taking advantage of things, and don't let opportunities pass you by. And that's a that's a prime example. You raised your hand. I got a question. Another silly question. Uh, I'm a big fan of the TV show Homeland. Oh, so so wait. When Damian Lewis won the Golden Globe and gets up on stage and bust out that british accent after speaking american on the show i lost it i'm like i had no idea how in the hell do you guys do that
2: well the english accent well <laughs> just speak like americans oh well i speak yeah i i mean i i'm starting to drop in little or well, things are starting to appear <laughs> right yeah the odd, your T is becoming a D, almost, in the way I'm saying it. <laughs> My schedule has become schedule. <laughs> right. um, you know, uh, we had a player, actually, on the Seattle team the other day, you know, and his name is, to me, it's Ariega, but to an American pronunciation, it's more Ariega, you know. Um, and, and all those little things come in, but I think there are one or two things slipping in. There's definitely a bit of, I come from the south of England, the south kind of west of England, and we are known for having a bit of a dialect as well, where we kind of, our O's extend and things like that. Um, so moving over to the South of the, of the States, in a sense, perhaps that's worked all right for me with the kind of dialect. Um, Well,
1: there's, there's obviously sub dialects. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Southern, whatever. Don't do country, okay? Uh, <laughs> because we're trying not well, to right now ourselves. You know, I can break. I'm from Bowling Green, Kentucky. I can break out that thing right now if you want me to. You <laughs> know, we talk then. soccer with you. you know, <laughs> do you know
2: what? I, was walk, I, I went right. for a walk through Bicentennial Park. I, if it, You'll find me in the afternoons, most weeks. I, I love walking around this city. It's fantastic. You know, I've really grown to love you know, being in Nashville and seeing the, the, you know, the vibe in the city, all the different things from walking through, you know, around the Bridgestone Arena, through Bicentennial Park, and I'll walk around there listening to soccer podcasts a lot of the time. So you see this this guy just walking round and round in circles of things in his ear. It's just me listening to soccer podcasts. Um, but somebody came up to me the other day, uh, and she was walking towards me, and I had my headphones in, and, and then I pulled them out because she was saying something. She went, "Do you know where the bus station is? And <laughs> And I said... Are you Australian? And she went, no, I'm just country. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still not quite spotting, you know, an Australian from a West Tennessean.
0: you will get it If you're here 20 years, you'll get it in due time <laughs> and all that. Uh, I, I and get then it. you'll go back home and you go, who are <laughs> you? <laughs> uh, again, are you looking forward to that first game in that stadium over there? Is it a night game? Do we know what time it is yet? I think it's afternoon. afternoon yeah, May kick-off. 3rd. Yeah. Uh, excuse me, but Saturday, May, May 1st, 1st.
2: May 1st. And yeah. I believe it's afternoon. 3 p.m., yeah. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, yeah the traditional. English kickoff time I had nothing to do with it but it's three o'clock um nationally televised as well so be, oh. you know, a great moment for the city so it'll be on ESPN um and we'll we'll have a radio call of it as well uh yeah can't wait I think it'll be amazing um I, I just think a great moment for everybody you know for the sport in in Nashville you know it's it's great testament to the work and the effort that was put in to make sure that the stadium did happen in the end you know and, and you know they cleared all those hurdles to to get things going um, uh, it's at a site in Nashville that, you know, we hope only can grow, um, you know, down in that, in that fairgrounds area, obviously you've got the speedway as well, which is going to come up a bit more as well next door to it. So it's going to be a little corner of sporting Mecca in Nashville, you know, away from, uh, the downtown venues of Nissan and Bridgestone, but no, it'll be, it'll be wonderful. I think, you know, we'll, you need to get a ticket pretty quickly if you want to be in there on that mm-hmm. first day. Um, a great celebration of, of, of soccer and obviously for Nashville as well, you know, Nissan was such a good home. Nobody won there last year. Uh, Only two teams ever won there against Nashville SC. Um, They want to make a good start and and make it a feared place for the opposition to come to.
0: Do you know, uh, has the TV voice, I mean, there's a lot of duties you'll have Outside of broadcasting, game, I guess you understand that, like doing podcasts.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I love I love doing all that stuff, and uh, I, I always enjoy. You know, the club will ask me from time to time. You know, can you come along and compare this a question and answer, whether it's internal or external or whatever? Um, and you know, I, I enjoy that responsibility, and and you know that ambassadorial kind of side of things. You know, I'm here to kind of you know speak for you know the club going forward, and and, and you know raise everyone's interests and, and hopes and aspirations and dreams for the club. Uh, and it's something I really enjoy doing. And you know, and that goes alongside obviously the real passion of you know of calling the games and going back to what I said about history earlier. You know, just being that voice and and not taking that for granted. You know, you that first voice of the, the TV voice of the club in MLS, uh something I'm very proud to do. Very proud to be here in this market. Well inherently in our country the voices of our
1: college and pro sports teams Become the face because you are the one that people are going to see the most, right? They'll see the players, they'll see the interviews, but for you, two hours plus every game, they get you as the face. And I don't know if, if you know that or not, but in in our country, like a Pete Weber, the voice of the Predators, iconic, mm-hmm. uh, just because, and it became of who he is, and and so many people live vicariously through what they hear and see
2: you do. Yeah, and and, and- I, that was something I read a bit more about, you know, when I got out here. And I do the, you know, when the game kicks off, when we play at home, I I, I do the, you know, it's soccer time in Tennessee. Um, and I read yeah. about, all about John Ward. And mm, wow. and, and it was, re- I did it once. The first time I did it, um, really, it was, it was my way. I just wanted to say, look, I, this is me respecting some of the great voices of sport in this state. I'm very proud to be here. I don't take that lightly at all that, you know, I'm the voice that's been chosen to to do these television broadcasts. And I did that and I got very, a few people came back to me and just said, that was really nice of you, what you did there. You know, just you've researched a bit of the history of sport in this area. And so I thought, well, you know, I may may just keep it going. So I've kept it going for the time being and I'll keep it going, but I'll always be doing it as a kind of tribute to to those, all of those who've, you know, who've been on the air and are helping, you know, grow sports, of whatever sport in, you know, across the area. Well you just got a lot of
0: fans when you mentioned John Moore mm-hmm. and respect. That's, well you you've done your research as well.
2: Well, yeah. you know, it, yeah. That's the first thing you learn, in, in, and we all know, isn't it? It's it's research, isn't all it? right, we But can't now, but
1: now you need to go around with Joe and me and show you the gutters of Nashville. <laughs> 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 and we're not to go. Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> That's not possible. Oh, my goodness. Tony,
0: thank you. Uh, it's You're an interesting person. I, I think you're perfect for the job over there, uh, and the future is so bright,
2: man. Thank you so much. Hey, it's a pleasure to come and uh, to talk to you and um, have such a, such a wide-ranging discussion as well. It's been great. <laughs> <laughs> great fun. Good times. Uh, again, thank you to our
0: friends at Wilson County Hyundai. Check them out online at com for the great sponsorship for allowing to have guests like Tony and Greg and having a good time. Yeah, and certainly want to thank again Omni Nashville Hotel,
1: Todd Rotorbell, the great staff here at Kitchen Notes, open for lunch now, yes. guys. Uh, so check it out. Bob's uh, Shop House, which we've talked about earlier, bar lines, all the different things here at Omni Nashville Hotel.
0: See you guys next week. Thank you for listening.